Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It is Pastor Paul. It is Tuesday morning, I believe. Yep, March 29th, 2020, 2022, year of our Lord. Seems like the last two years have been a blur, but here we are. So glad you've joined us. This is um, called Romans Rewind, where we take 10 or 15 minutes every weekday morning to unpack a portion of the book of Romans that we have been walking through on Sunday mornings together. Now, as many of you know, since I've been kind of out of the loop the past few weeks on hiatus, um, caring for my dad, now that we're back, we have a little catch up to do. So um, this coming Sunday, we're going to be in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 30, I believe it is. And these past two weeks or three weeks, um, we Scott preached through a, book, a portion of Romans, Rob um, preached through a portion of Romans. And what I thought we could do um, over these next four days is to revisit some of the things that they talked about and kind of hone in on a couple of themes that I think are really important. So I want to take us back to Romans 8, um, 12 through 17 this morning, and I want to read that passage, and I want to follow up on something that Pastor Scott said and emphasized that I think is really significant, and I want us to, to delve into it a little bit more. So Romans 8, verse 12, So then, brothers, we are debtors, not of the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And obviously, this is an incredibly rich, deep passage, because here Paul is talking about our relationship to God, uh, the fact that we are not just merely slaves or servants in the household of God, but we are in fact um, sons. And um, we are sons by virtue of our adoption through our elder brother, Jesus Christ, who through his death on the cross and resurrection um, made a way for us to be restored to our, to our heavenly father. And um, Pastor Scott, um, quoted J.I. Packer about this passage, and I'm going to paraphrase the quote, and then I'm going to follow up on it, where Packer uh, essentially says, and, and J.I. Packer is an Anglican theologian. He's with the Lord now. He died just a couple of years ago, just a prolific writer, speaker, an incredible brother of Christ. He was a contemporary of John Stott's. But, but Packer says something interesting about this passage, and he says this. He says that while justification is the greatest truth of the gospel, adoption is the greatest blessing of the gospel. Now, let's remember what justification is. Justification is the act of God's free grace by which he pardons our sins, accepts us as righteous in his sight. Justification is received by faith alone. And, and, and Paul has been at great pains in these first seven chapters to be talking about this idea that ultimately our standing with God 
is based upon our justification. The way that we are justified before God is not based upon what we've done. It's based upon what God has done for us. He has declared us not guilty. He has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. He has given us a positional righteousness with him. And, and Packer is most certainly right. It is the greatest truth of the gospel. It is the foundation of the gospel. Um, reformers in the 16th and 17th and 18th century spilled blood over this doctrine, and for good reason, because it is the most important issue that we can wrestle with. How am I made right with God? Is it by virtue of things that I do, or is it by virtue of what God has done for us? And Paul's emphatic answer in Romans is, yes, justification is the greatest truth of the gospel. Without justification, we have nothing. We have no standing with God. But then Packer kind of puts a nuance to this doctrine and says, but the greatest blessing of the gospel is not justification. The greatest blessing of the gospel is adoption. Okay, so here Packer says justification is the greatest truth, but adoption is the greatest blessing of being justified. And um, I think Luke 15, let's flip over there for a minute. It's a very familiar passage. It's one of the most famous parables of all times, maybe of, of all of Jesus's parables, the, the parable of the parable of the prodigal son. And I think we see this idea of justification and adoption and how they're different by virtue of what happens to the younger son. So again, if you're not super familiar with the story, the younger son, he demands his inheritance from his father. It's the equivalent of him wishing his father would go ahead and die so that he could have all of his money. The father gives him his money. The younger son goes off into the foreign country. He squanders it on debaucherous living. And finally, in the middle of a pigsty, he comes to his senses and he returns to his father. Now, let's pick the scene up there. And let's hear what, what sort of happens here, okay? Now, this is Luke 17. Um, I'm sorry, Luke 15, verse 17. But when he came to himself, this is the younger son, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to, the, to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. So the younger son comes to his senses and realizes he has no standing before his father. He's already cashed in his inheritance. And so he's returning to his father saying, Father, have mercy on me. Um, I will be a hired servant. I Just please give me a place to lay my head. Give me some food to eat, a job to have, and let me be restored to the household. Now, that's a good picture of justification, right? Um, that the father would accept him, 
that the father would forgive him, that the father would give him a place to lay his head, that he would not hold the son's sins against him. This is all a picture of justification. But notice that the father says, there's so much more to what I want to give you, my son, than merely justification. I also want to receive you back as my son. I want to give you your return you your to your place of prominence. I want to give you a robe. I want to give you sandals. These are all symbols of this idea that the father is restoring his son to his previous place. In other words, he didn't want his son to be um, hanging out with the hired servants and serving food and 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 scraping a, a meager existence. He wanted his son to be welcomed back in the full embraces of the father with all the joys and benefits and privileges of being his son. This is a picture, is it not, of adoption. When we adopt children into our home, um, we don't bring them as, as, in as second-class citizens, do we? They, they enjoy all the privileges and benefits of being a part of the family, even as they are adopted. So here's what Packer is saying. God has done so much more for us than to merely justify us, although without justification, we'd be nowhere. Without justification, there would be no blessings of adoption. Without justification, um, we would be hopelessly lost. And so in that sense, it is the greatest truth. But God is not merely content to declare us not guilty. God wants us to be restored to the full communion and relational privilege and status of what it means to be sons and daughters in the household of God. That, that Jesus is our elder brother. That, that we don't have to sit at the little kid's table, right, for Thanksgiving feast. We have the honored seat as the privileged son. And so what Romans 8 verses 12 through 17 is doing is giving us a picture of that. God is not just welcomed us in as his servant, although we are his servants. He's not just welcomed us in by not counting our sin against us, although he's most certainly done that. But in fact, he's given us the blessings of sonhood. And, and this is why Romans 8, 12 through 17 is so astounding, right? Um, we have the intimate cry of Abba Father, not the distant cry of Master, but the intimate cry of Abba Father. Um, the Spirit lives within us, okay? So, the, so God has given us His Spirit as a down payment, as a deposit for the fact that we belong to Him. It's like our promissory ring, so to speak. We are heirs, we are fellow heirs with Christ. Um, we have all the benefits and blessings of sonship that Jesus himself enjoys. So when, when Packer says, and Pastor Scott quoted him, and I think this is right on, justification is the greatest truth of the gospel, but adoption is the greatest privilege of the gospel, the greatest blessing, this is what he means. And my prayer for us, my prayer for you, my prayer for me, is that you would walk anew today in the reality of your sonship, your daughtership, um, your intimate communion as God, as your Papa, as your Father, as your Abba, that you can know him intimately and be in communion 
and be restored. He hasn't just gotten you back to square one. He's given you all the blessings and privileges of what it means to be his son. Truly forgiven, truly restored, but truly graced with the very presence and spirit of God himself. So, so Four Oaks, be encouraged in that today. Okay, tomorrow we'll be back at it. We'll continue to work our way through um, these passages in Romans. But let me pray for us now and send us on into our days. Lord, if we know you, we know Jesus, and we are your sons, we are your daughters, um, you haven't just merely rescued us from the pit, but you've given us a seat of sonship at your table. And so, Father, I pray that we could walk in light of that today, that we could cling to that. There would be an intimate communion between us and you through your Holy Spirit, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.